Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am joined by uh, not only a colleague, a friend, almost like a, a brother from not just another mother, but from another country, from another nationality, <laughs> but a kindred spirit nonetheless. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikon, what is up, bro? Hey, Rob, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on this podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded very formal i love it man i appreciate it how you been we'll we'll, we'll get loose in a bit <laughs> okay perfect that's what i'm talking when we settle down man I, I don't even know where to start with you well let's do this because i do know you and mm. and so fond of you and your work and things like that for the listeners that those who don't know the great Nikon, like, can you just kind of for a few minutes, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll just jump into some from there. Sure. So I'm a professional coach based in Bangkok, Thailand. I've been, gosh, I feel like I've been a coach all my life, but professionally I've been a coach five years. Um, also about me, I, I own a Taekwondo business. So I'm a Taekwondo Academy. We have around five branches around Thailand, over 100 students. I've been doing Taekwondo for 20 years. I was a professional athlete in that space. And I also help out with a family business called Gormley Glass. We do art glass artwork for architectural firms and interior firms around the world. And yeah, that's it. And I'm super excited to be in this conversation with you and three principles. And I think my big vision now is to bring, to create things for people to experience the principles in and around Southeast Asia and mainly in Thailand now and bring this understanding to the Thai language because it had, it's had such a big impact on me and my life and my work. And I just want to help spread the word. Wow. First question, no disappointment at all. Way to kill it, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's okay. a lot. Let me, yeah, let me, let me try to unpack it. So you own a Taekwondo Academy. So start yeah. with that. How, how did you get into Taekwondo? When I was growing up, my family, they were, they were really hustling to, to build their business, the, the glass business. Okay. And they didn't really have a lot of time on their hands for me. So I was always left alone with like nannies or caretakers. Okay. And one day, I think it was in sixth grade, my friend came in for show and tell and like with his Taekwondo uniform. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And then so I, I joined and it was like, in our language, like wisdom, right? Like wisdom really delivered because it, it gave me all the things I was lacking in my home life, which was structure, discipline, um, consequences, goals, pathways, you know, as, as a young, as a young, impressionable boy. Yeah. You know, he had like white belt, yellow belt, green belt, all the way to black belt. And as you got to green belt, you would have to look after the new students and kind of mentor the new students. And that's where the coaching started for me got when it. I was like 14. And then um, and it was interesting because growing up, because as I went to high school, all my other friends who didn't have good home life. They were getting drugs and alcohol and like and, and not good things. And I didn't have a good home life either. 
because nobody was ever really around and I really felt abandoned, but I always had Taekwondo. So I couldn't go drinking or partying because I had to go to training the next day, you know, because mm, they said, you okay. know, if you train, you're going to get the, the, the state team, the national team and, and the Olympics. Like that was, that pathway was clear for me since the get go. And it just gave me something to hold on to, yeah. you know, and it gave me um, a sense of purpose and it gave me um, a sense of direction. But, but looking, talking to you now, I see how, how guided that was and how wisdom gave me the perfect thing to, to put me on the right path. And I just yeah. kept saying yes to that. Yeah. Oh, kept saying yes. I like that. Yeah. Kept and and yes take, because you could have yeah. stopped. I could have stopped. I could have yeah. stopped. And I, and I didn't, you know, and I didn't. And Taekwondo really took me all around the world. I played for a varsity team in university. I competed. I never did get on the national team, but I was so in it that I just let wisdom take me. And I competed in Mexico and Korea and France and all around the U.S. Wow. on my own. Yeah, it was like this whole life experience. And I think my, my best result that I'm proud of was, um, I think it was state team competing at the Thai National Olympics and I got a bronze medal and it was like, that was, that was it for me. That was the, I did that at 32 too. I was like the oldest player in oh, that category. Wow. I was like the OG of like, I'm just here to live out a dream, you know? And that was my I still favorite. do that at every basketball court I walk into. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just, I'm still living out a dream. It's I'm nowhere still out it's going dream. to happen, but I'm living it out. Yeah, living it out, you know? And then, yeah, that was probably my favorite experience, but it really gave me everything. And I see now how that totally segued into my coaching. Yeah. Because actually that's where the coaching inspiration came from. Came from. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that a lot. It's funny because I was thinking about this the other day. Mm. We actually learn how to give up. Yeah. We're built to be resilient. Mm. Like we learn how to give up on things because they get hard. They get difficult. They, you know, they challenge me. They grow me. They develop me. But but when you kind of sink into the resilience, what you learn from from that, like you said, prompted the coaching business. But even before we get into coaching, the family mm. business, like yeah. I saw a picture not too long ago of you posting about your dad and he was doing right. this beautiful, yeah. beautiful work on on art. Tell me about that yeah. for a second before we. Oh, man, the more we talk about it, the more I see my whole life has been a setup for the three principles. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my dad really just self-made started from scratch. Um, like came to Thailand, like no money and just really, cause his passion was glass and architecture and interior design. His name is Stephen Gormley. And if you want to check him out, he's at gormleyglass.com, www.gormley, G-O-R-M-L-E-Y glass.com. He's, like the best way to describe him is so imagine an architectural designer just scribbles something on a napkin and looks at it and says, you know what, this is probably impossible to do. We should give this to Stephen Gormley because he'll probably make it happen. Wow. <laughs> like he's like one of those guys that's on a short list of the only people who can do what he does with glass. So he'll build like 20 foot glass sculptures or, or glass architectural pieces that go into mega projects for hotels in China. And he's done projects all around the world. And he just, he's one of those people to me that's so, he's so good at letting love and wisdom move him. Mm. 
because I'll give you a good story about him. He was he was in Vermont making stained glass um, like cabinets for that he was supposed to sell at a show that was like 200 miles away they had to drive to. And he told me the story of how he knew he didn't have enough money for gas to get to where he was going. But he knew that he had to go. So he gets in his car and loads up all his glass and proceeds to drive to this place, knowing that he at some point he's going to run out of gas. And I'm like, damn. And it's snowing and it's and it's snowing and it's snowing. So it's like dangerous. Right. So get this. He, he comes across a, a broken down car filled with Japanese businessmen. He gets out of his car and looks at the engine and he helps them fix the car. And each of these, they're like five Japanese businessmen. They each give him $20. So back in the, this is like 1970s. And he gets like $120, which is no $100, which is more than enough to get to the destination of where he's going. Wow. And, I, and like his whole life has been like that. And I'm thinking like, like, what? Like, how do you, you know? Well, that's, that's really when you're clear on your destination. Yeah. Like when you're clear on your destination, the road travel, it may seem, yeah, and you know, odd or whatever. But when you're clear, you know, when, if you think about driving in a dark city and the only thing that's lit up is the football field, the stadium. Right. You may not know which way to take the left or the right, but you'll keep looking and following the lights. And eventually you're going to end up at the stadium. And the the biggest joke is um, I went to, when I graduated high school, I went to America to live with my aunt. I went to Washington, D.C. to go to business school. D.C., I wanted to show my dad how you do business correctly. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, Dad, I'm going to go to business school and I'm going to show you how you do business. Uh, how is that and, working? And I think, however, I feel bad for how much money they spent on, my, on, that, on that degree. <laughs> I came back and I now realize that he was right all along. All along. That's <laughs> like, hilarious. Following wisdom is how you do it. That's the beautiful stuff story. I learned was none of the stuff I learned in that school was like remotely helpful in building a business. Like I like I list I watched him do it. I'm like, you know what? But that's so cool because my thinking was in the way for like like my young adult life, you know, my yeah. ego. And I was like, but on this other sense, this man who built this seven-figure business with his hands by himself, you know. And you're gonna tell him that's the wrong way. Yeah, uh, and I'm, yeah, I'm, and I'm gonna walk in and be like, "This is how you do business. Look at my degree." I love that. It was like, you like sit down, <laughs> have a seat, have a have seat. A seat. Like that's so. Cute. Was was Washington D.C. your first time coming to the states? So growing up, I would spend a lot of summers in America, but Washington D.C. was my first real experience of living in America. Living. Okay, so when I, you would come for the summers, where did you stay? Uh, New York, Manhattan, uh, like Brooklyn, New York, Washington, okay. D.C., and visit fa- fam- friends and family there. Yeah. How was that? I mean, going from because you, I- you and you, you, you and me spoke about this before in separate conversation. But then uh, you'll relate. Like when I went to America, it was the first time I realized that I was Asian. Yeah. Because in Thailand, you're like you're just Nikon. But in America, you're 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 very suddenly put into categories. And that that was new to me. And and because I didn't understand it, I kind of went along with it. Like, oh, okay, I guess I am Asian. Okay. You know. It was a culture shock for me. 
Right. Because when I, I, I've never been to Thailand other than virtually through your show Insight Cafe, but I've been to the Philippines. I've been to Japan. I've been to uh, a few countries where you're right. There aren't those categories mm. that define people love the country, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I just wonder what that difference was going from an Eastern way of life to Western culture, Eastern way of life, Western culture. Right. What was it like when you went back? Did you come back to Thailand and they was like, leave that U.S. shit where you picked it up at, you know? Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, um, so one thing I know is living in America, there's a lot more thinking happening on people's minds. Like, like from this perspective, it felt like y'all have a lot on your minds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the things you guys are worried about? And I remember looking in the supermarket and I was floored or, or, in awe of how much food y'all had like there were like so many types of cereal and cheese and milks and I was like and I was talking to my aunt when I first got there I was like you guys have all this stuff and you guys are still fighting about stuff like (laughs) I don't understand (laughs) you guys have so many resources and you guys still feel broke wow you know yeah right that's I mean I didn't see poverty until I thought I grew up in and in American terms, in a poor neighborhood, mm. Mm. in American terms, poor neighborhood. Right. And so I had the thinking in my mind, especially when I went into the military, oh, I, I grew up in a poor environment and mm-hmm. blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Man, when I got to like uh, Southeast Asia, I was like, I don't even know what poor is. They didn't even have some Turkish homes didn't have windows and doors on it. It was just mm. sheets or, or plywood or something. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and what blows me away when we think about that is like those people, when you sell them, they were probably sitting in their well-being. Oh, yeah. Like they were cool. Most definitely. Didn't right? know. Right? They, I mean, like, they may have like, known it was different, but they yeah. weren't they weren't stressing weren't about suffering. it. Yeah. 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 They were doing what was necessary to continue living in that manner as best way they could. Whatever trade and whatever skill they had. Absolutely. That is um, right. that is something I learned here recently mm. um, that most of the countries I visited that didn't have, as you say, the extensive amount of resources, they had a strong well-being about the way they felt as, a, as people. Yeah, like they didn't need much. Yes, they didn't so, need much. Right. So when I was growing up, because, you know, when we were growing up and my family was building a business, um, we, our house was attached to the factory. So I would eat and sleep and play with people who were working the factory. Mm, and, okay. and when growing up, we didn't have a lot. But to me it was cool. You know, it was like, Oh, there's a, like, yeah. Oh, we have fish today. This is great. Or, or like, like there was woods and they're just, I would just go play in the woods for the day and come back. Like it was, there was definitely a high level of well being now that I think about it. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You have the fighting experience. You yeah. have the experience of watching wisdom from your father. Yeah. You know, you have the wisdom of both the East and the West. How does that show up? with Nikon now, who's this, as I see it, high-performing coach who's helping people really change their lives, whether in companies, whether one-on-one, like what is, how did all that catapult into what we got now? I think, um, so the segue into coaching was from Taekwondo because I realized that I did so well when I had someone looking out for me, like a co- when I have a coach um, in Taekwondo, right? Because the coach was the reason why I didn't, 
go down like the dark side of like drugs and alcohol because you know the coach typically are oh, you have to come back tomorrow and like okay you have to do this and um, this is this is the goal we're going to go after and i realized that i do well when i have when i have a team of people on my side mm, okay and but it was for but it was specifically for sport right to perform well in the sport and to to grow and when i got out when i started getting when i graduated university and started looking for jobs it, it occurred to me that there wasn't any support and i was like man why don't they have support for like life and stuff you know we have sport <laughs> for like this goal like sports but what about the most life? important game yeah. for life? And then they got into coaching and then, which, which eventually led me to Michael Neal and the three principles and super coach Academy where I met you. And I just, I guess to me, it all culminates. It's like my very special blend of Nikon flavored juice, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And cause there's, cause you said East and West, right? So there's, there's to me, the West is very creative and open and like will push boundaries. And the East, we're really good at following orders and being obedient and thinking as a group. And uh, so where I, I walk that thin line of both creativity okay. and conformity where hmm. um, yeah, like that, that line of like, okay, let's push boundaries, but also respecting the value of thinking like a group, the value of conformity and obedience. And, and because on the obedience side, if you're obedient, there's really not much to think about or argue. You know, when, like when COVID hit, when COVID hit, the government said, okay, tomorrow's school's closed. Everybody's wearing masks. Everybody's like, okay. You know, there is nothing to think about. (laughs) There is no more conversation. No no more more conversation. I'm like, okay, great. And so, but I know the value of not having much on your mind can do like things happen quickly, yeah. but I also see the value of pushing boundaries. I'm like, well, what if this, and what if that, and what if we could do it like this and not like this, like we've, everybody's been doing. And so, cause I do, I do content and stuff for the time for the Thai people too. Right. And it's tricky because not all of Michael Newman's metaphors translate well in the ties. So I have to come up with my own metaphors. <laughs> But at the same time, and you you spoke to me this before this call, is being there's cultural things to be mindful because some things you can say in English in Western culture that mm-hmm. do not translate well into Thai. Yeah. Well, like accountability Thai, is one. Accountability, the, right. The, I told the word you, right? accountability, however, that word doesn't exist. So it wasn't what you called it. Yeah, it wasn't what I called it. It come up with like a string of words that was something about respect and responsibility. Yeah. And <laughs> And um, now that I think this, 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 this just came to me, like we don't have a word for accountability, but within coaching young fighters, um, they have, I guess it would translate into English as kind of like honor or, or like not your honor, but for the honor of your family and your mother and your father, like Mm -hmm. you're doing it for something bigger, right? You're doing it for the bigger picture. Got it. Yeah. That keeps you accountable. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's been a wild trip to try and express. That was a trip too, because when I first started doing more stuff in Thai, I wanted to just, okay, well, that's what Sydney Banks says. So this is what I'm going to say exactly in Thai. It's like, no, I have to speak my truth because there's resonance in the right. truth. Yeah. Yeah. Speak from that grounding. When knowing there is a translation gap, mm. Does it become more, does your focus go more to trying to get the words right or just give them the feeling and letting them take what they take from it? 
oh man i think in the beginning it was like sydney banks said da 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 therefore you know <laughs> okay therefore were like, we love the therefores right, therefore, right. <laughs> and and people were like yeah we have no clue what you're talking about Got and it. then like a credit um I think it was your conversation with Jack Pransky or Mike Neal's conversation with Jack Pransky and Jack Pransky talked about just being a blank page. And that really helped a lot in just, okay, what if I just, I know what I'm pointing to. What if I just say what occurs to me because I know the direction and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm doing these things now where I'm coaching um, Thai entrepreneurs and business owners in Thai, like live coaching sessions and putting it on YouTube. So for other Thai people to see and experience the work, and it scared the hell out of me, but I intuitively knew that this was the way to show people. Uh, and I go back and listen to it and I cringe. I'm like, oh man, it's terrible. But the girl got something out of it. The lady, she was like, she was a young business owner. She's like, oh yeah, I see. I'm making things up in my mind about what business means and what it doesn't. And if I just drop that and follow my wisdom, it'll be okay. I'm like, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely take that. I'll, take I'll definitely that take that. And a side of that again, and it one is, extra in a to-go bag to leave. I want yeah, that. Yeah, I want that, right. Well, that's 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 pretty dope, though, because that's that's all anybody is, uh, is trying to do. So right now, if we're mm-hmm. looking at Thailand and the 3P community, it's just you and a few others, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's me, me, and me. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 um, and, like, maybe one Thai apprentice who actually my first Thai apprentice and, and she's the one helping me to translate um, the inside out revolution book and um, into Thai. that yeah and that's wisdom too because she's a, a published author and um, it gets lonely so I guess one of my big dreams is I want to build a three-piece a Thai three-piece school just so I have more people to hang out with in the country mm. who really help impact other people because yeah. it's so it's so different it's so different and so impactful and I'd say, for example, I, would, I did a big talk for like 250 kids in like uh, northeastern Thailand. It was like a, one of the poorer states. And everybody was just asking, like, you know, how do we achieve? Like all the, I felt there's all this pressure on these kids to achieve and to grow and like goals. Right. Yeah. And I just came up and said, like, you know what? I'd love for you to not have to worry about any of your dreams or goals and every every teacher like raised an eyebrow like okay Nikon this better be damn good (laughs) (laughs) and I was like me too I don't know where this is going and what what came out of my mouth was you know I'd really love for you to enjoy being a teenager because you're never going to get this back and just really enjoy being where you're at and really enjoying learning and and know that if you can just be present and keep doing your best the rest will take care of it absolutely sigh of relief yeah but they heard something because truth came out in that moment even though i didn't really know what i was saying and that's what also what i've learned too in thailand is when i'm speaking about the three principles i rarely go into the mind thought and consciousness it's it's a lot more at their level right now Uh, this is how you deal with stress this is how you deal with pressure this is how you deal with overthinking and overwhelm i hopefully someday i'll I'll figure out a way to talk about it but it's the to me, I, uh, one reason I love that, and I love that so much, mm. because there's a lot of information that's given to us intellectually that never seeps into our hearts. Yes. But I know certain things that in my heart, I'm not up for. And so I, I love that rather than try to, to tell them, you just show them. 
with your presence. Right. Right. right? With your presence, with your being, with the way you show up. So it's kind of like, no, they aren't hearing mind, thought, consciousness, but they sure are seeing it. Yes. Yes. Like show, not tell. I love that. And that's really changed the game for me is learning how to show the principles and not tell the principles. Yeah. I think that's the fastest way to translate this into any language is really look at how do you show them and not tell them. Yeah. So that puts you in a bad spot because that was very powerful. But you're supposed to save the powerful stuff for the end. <laughs> so oh, now, yeah. you, now you no, have yeah. to recreate some powerful. All right. <laughs> so I got you. Usually, I got you. <laughs> usually at the end of every episode, I just let the guests open up and speak to the entire community. Um, if it's a call to action, if it's a plea for help, if it's a, you know, whatever the case may be, um, it's just we're listening. And it's mm. on you. And now that, that'll be the last thing we we hear. But man, I, I really appreciate you you coming on and and letting us know that the voice of the work of the three principles, Sydney Banks, the teachings and things like that are all the way out in Thailand. This oh, is a global gosh. community. So just no if you pressure. wanted everybody to know what 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 would you say to them if they were all listening? No pressure, no pressure. Oh, gosh. Um, first of all, thank you. Well, before I start, I just want to give massive amounts of gratitude to you and the 3PGC and Michael Neal. And you know, especially you, I think, you know, like this journey has not been easy. There are like a lot of, there's a lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah. And it's, I'm so grateful to have you to, to connect with and, and listen to me and, and support me as a colleague, as a brother. It just means the world to me. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. I appreciate that, man. For people listening, I'll share with you what has been the most helpful thing to me in sharing the principles that I didn't see before. So when I first started sharing the principles, I would share pure principles like mind, thought, consciousness, and go really into the intellectual like description of it of what I would call and, and hope that in my description, people would get it, would feel it. Mm-hmm. And what I'm realizing now is if you really want to be impactful in this work is to really show and not tell, really show people the principles in action and show them how it relates to their problems and, and what they're up against, because that will make a bigger impact than you think. Like that's, yeah. that's even though on the surface, that's like the quick fix and that's, but that's what matters to them the most, but you got to show them that the truth you're sharing r- relates to them. And that was big for me. That was really big for me because all along I thought I was doing the work, right? Well, obviously I'm saying all the right things. So this should have the impact I think it's going to have. And I realized that was all about me. That was all about Nikon and Nikon's ego. And like, well, and when I saw that it wasn't about that and it wasn't about me, it's it's about, it's really about, it goes back to service and being of service. And I guess what I would give to everybody is take a fresh look at how you're serving the world. Mm. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind. 
have the day you deserve.